0: Welcome to the program Hello America It is uh, Thursday Let's see, do we start with the IG hearings That nobody in the press is taking seriously Or do I tell you about the Arizona man (laughs) Who has registered a swarm of
1: bees As emotional support animals Can I start my meal with dessert today? Yeah, I'm I'm with you right. (laughs)
2: This is the
0: Glenn Beck program. So the House is formally introducing the articles of uh, impeachment today. They're going to be debating those. Am I eating Brussels sprouts before my dessert? I, I requested
1: dessert first today.
0: An Arizona man's emotional support animal is creating quite a buzz. <laughs> Prescott Valley, Arizona, resident David Keller thinks the application process to register an emotional support animal is too easy. So he's tried to register a swarm of bees as his service pet. <laughs> it worked. That's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, a lot of people thought it was hilarious and a lot of people were getting upset, Keller told the CBS affiliate. We recently went on a website called usaservicedogregistration.com and successfully uploaded a random photo of a beehive as a service animal to bring awareness to the issue that anyone could do this. So now I want you to I want you to understand. He went to the usa com and he registered a beehive. So it's not even a dog. <laughs> There's no leashes
1: that can be put on these. Well, if you had tiny leashes. Well, yeah, little teeny tiny leashes. What did they tell him when he tried to register? To buzz off?
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he was inspired to go through the registration after seeing a service dog that was visibly untrained. He said, I could tell that it was not a service animal because it was pulling the owner to the parking lot. I was thinking, this is too easy. The website he used to register his swarm is just one of many that make the application process for emotional pets too easy experts say they're silly they they don't mean anything you can pay for a registry on one of those websites and basically you're paying for a piece of paper to put a name on a list um training is how you can tell whether it's a service animal or not and not all animals uh can be trained bees mean, can
1: be trained all right sure they can I mean I don't see why not you, yeah can you tell if they're sitting you can't you just can't see it sit you, yeah, right, like it could, could be sitting. Stay. I mean, if they're trained or not. Make as, honey. Yeah.
0: And you get Make a little honey. teeny newspaper and you bat them on the nose if they, if they, I don't know if do they, they've got to urinate. and
1: Do bees poop? These are great questions. These are great. And, I I, and emotional support animals are in the eye of the bee holder. <laughs> Miniature horses remain clear
0: to fly as services animals, although emotional support dogs in uh, tutus were recently booted off a flight after showing signs of distress now for the first time i have uh i have an 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 actual service dog, we have trained killers that <laughs> will rip your throat out uh, and they're it's true i mean yeah, and you know they are trained uh and you know, they're really, really good. Uh, and for the very first time, you know, he's got the vest and everything, and it's even red for Christmas time. But we, you know, we, we bring him with the family, mm-hmm. usually wherever we go, unless we have been flying, you know, commercially. We'll take him in the car, or if we're lucky enough to fly privately or whatever, we'll do that. But we've not taken him on uh, the plane until they started loading horses on the plane. And then I'm like, you know what, (laughs) this is an actual service to the family. I'm taking this dog. And so we took him and, you know, he's clearly a service dog and he's like 100 pounds, but he has to sit at our feet and getting him to sit, if he wasn't trained, he'd eat us. And he sat right at our feet and didn't move. The stewardesses were like, oh my gosh, what a really good dog. And we're like, yeah, he, he is. Uh, and he sat and just laid underneath our feet the whole time. It was uncomfortable him for uncomfortable for us, but that's a service dog. I see these dogs walking in the airport now, and I see all these things, and I'm like, okay, that's
1: that's not a service dog, but I'm not going to complain. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I don't care. Service dogs, too. There's seemingly a line between service dogs, which are allowed pretty much anywhere right i mean like you know, especially when you think of traditional service dog you think of you know seeing eye dog right like that uh, well but
0: no but an emotional support dog now is the same you can't it's the same there's you no line not take you cannot refuse an emotional support animal
1: i mean obviously you know this is why these things happen right i mean wasn't i mean we've seen some ridiculous examples the swarm of bees is my favorite one though. oh this is the greatest <laughs> this is
0: better than the horse the horse yes. made it on a plane. I'd like this guy to take a jar of bees. <laughs> <laughs> just hang a hive from the overhead luggage compartment. <laughs> yeah. No, they've got to be with me the whole time.
1: Mm. Just, you, it's just so, you so just, relaxing. You Listen you. to that buzz. <laughs> everyone else is terrified. <laughs> this is a great example of our society, though, right? I mean, you have like one person mm-hmm. who's upset at Santa Claus on the town square, yeah, and everyone else just has to deal with it, right? That's the emotional support bee and this should be the one
0: that everybody in this society supports everyone should support
1: the bee guy right because everyone else sure yes they will be tortured and unhappy but that's not what this is about
3: (laughs) this is about the one
1: person who requested the one thing correct and so they've got to fly
0: next to you on a plane i'd like to register (laughs) a lot of bees i think he should take his whole beehive but break it up between his family so they're all sitting with like
1: a jar of bees (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, there's got someone's gonna, gonna get this through it'll actually work somewhere if people keep trying we should talk to this guy because i think he, he probably oh, has a this, plan this guy's brilliant because it, it, look i think we it, this is the taking advantage of people's good nature americans have a good nature and you know what, if you have trouble flying and it will be a little easier for you, to if you can pet your dog on the flight, it'll give you a little emotional support, an emotional support dog, sure, whatever. That's the, generally speaking the attitude here. And then you have people who are going to take it to the B level. Because every, there's so many people who just like their dog and want it on the flight. Which again is, I mean, I guess it's up to the airline or whatever. Yeah, I don't, but like, I don't it, really care. I'm allergic to dogs, believe it or not. I have a hard time petting
0: uh oh really uh, Uno? yeah i have to wash my hands right out otherwise i break out in hives and stuff ah. yeah hives <laughs> uh so <laughs> that one was unintentional yeah, that's I nice know. uh you know and so i'm allergic to dogs and cats and everything else mm. so i you know i don't want to be sitting on an airplane full of animals but you know okay it's just like all it's right. going to be like
1: a bus from Indiana Jones where like, there's just chickens all oh, over yeah. the place and feathers flying it in your face. Be. And like, it will There's be. a donkey in a cage <laughs> we, in the middle of the aisle. We
0: have all... Cage? How, how, dare, how dare you? How dare <laughs> you? How dare you put him in a cage? I'm calling how Greta. How dare you? I'm sorry, Greta. I didn't mean to get you up so early. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're coming back with Ben Sass. Uh, he has caused a... I don't know how many liberal heads to explode with his questioning yesterday uh, on the FISA abuse accusations. And I just want you to listen to him because he's not a guy who's been, you know, exactly all over Donald Trump as we got to support him no matter what. And they are hammering ben sass and saying well looks like he just turned into a trump guy i want you to listen to his testimony and tell me how this can be interpreted at all about anything at all about donald trump this is about your security this is about the fourth amendment this there's i don't think i have seen a more important uh hearing and trial than this impeachment trial and all of the other things now with the IG report. I don't, this is it. This is truly last call for the constitution. Because if this is just all swept under the rug, we're doomed. We're do, if they'll do this to a president and to a presidential campaign where they know everybody's going to be looking into it, What do you think they're going to do to you? Mm. It's really amazing. Um, and We had a lot of great senators yesterday in examination on this. The press made this into nothing. I want you to listen to him and tell me this is nothing to be worried about. Do that in a second.
1: He'll be bringing his emotional support bees along with him.
0: I mean, Sarah is yelling at me in my ear the whole time today. Sarah yeah, she oh, she doesn't like you. I no, mean, like she really true. doesn't. She's worked with... How long have you worked with me now, Sarah?
2: 16
4: years.
0: 16 oh, years. God, that's so and depressing it,
1: when you think about it, isn't it, Sarah? A you, little bit. Uh, you were mean to
0: me. Wait a minute. You were mean to me when you first started, and you're still mean to me.
2: I got to keep you in line. Somebody's yeah. I, know,
0: geez, I wish you could hear what she says to me. And then we started the show, and then Stu and I were laughing about something, and in my ear, she's like, go, go. Okay. <laughs> How about ta- she goes, how about talking? <laughs> like, <"What>? And <laughs> we then were talking then, to each not- other off the air. Right. And then just then I uh, I, I heard her in my ear. And she's like, you're supposed to wait 10 seconds. <laughs> well, you're I- making me
4: sound a lot nicer than I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is jolly, Sarah. It's around yeah, the holidays. No, no, this a holiday. This is she's is a good, as it good gets. mood.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of Sarah. <laughs> Help me!
1: How dare you?
0: <laughs> you know, think of Greta and uh. then think of Sarah. Have you ever <laughs> seen them at a party at the same place? Mm. Have you ever seen them at a party? Period. No.
1: Well, there yeah, you go. No. Uh-uh. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. hang out with too many sixteen-year-olds uh, from Europe uh, at, at parties? parties. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually really? I try to. There was this great guy I could have introduced you to, but
0: he just hung himself, Uh, and he had all of the connections (laughs) to the great 16-year-old parties. He did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have, uh, we have Mike <laughs> Lee coming up in just a second. I, I sure want to happy about that. <laughs> he's like, this was a mistake. <laughs> um, let me, uh, let me play Ben Sass, uh, and his testimony yesterday. This is with Horowitz, the IG, the inspector general for the justice department who was looking into what is the FBI doing? How's this FISA thing working? And listen to this exchange.
3: Uh, Mr. Horwitz, thank you for being here and to all of your team. You've done important work, so thank you to all of you and the rows one and two as well. Um, there's, there are a number of things that are really troubling, but some of them have been unpacked pretty fully so far, so I'm going to pick up some loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Orr. Who is he and what's his role at the department? And then let's ask some questions about the bizarre pathway by which he became involved in this investigation.
2: So at the time of these events, he was an associate deputy attorney general and the head of the organized crime drug enforcement task force, working out of the deputy attorney general's office.
3: The organized crime and drug enforcement task force. And that's right. connected to election interference by the Russians how? Uh, it is not. What the hell's he doing here?
2: That was precisely the concern which, mm-hmm. that we lay out here. Um, he had no role um, in any of the election interference matters. Um, it, it, we have a bunch of people in the
3: media who wanted to read this as a Rorschach test, and they wanted to have a predetermined answer for exactly how to interpret each piece of this. And so as the chairman began today, he said, you know, uh, predicate of investigation appropriate, but some minor mistakes and errors were made. You've outlined in this 478 or 434, depending on whether we count all the Roman numerals, uh, page report, 17 significant errors in this investigation. Um, Bruce Orr, who has a very significant senior role, ODAG for those who don't know, the Office of the Deputy Attorney General, has primary oversight of all law enforcement agencies in America. So if you're in the FBI and you might make a mistake in your investigation, the people you'd be in trouble with normally are in the Deputy Attorney General's office. Mm. And here's a guy in the Deputy Attorney General's office who ultimately gets involved, inserts himself into this investigation, and I think it's pretty important to recognize we've got a massive cultural systemic failure. If a guy from ODAG who should be doing oversight of this case, if he weren't off on another assignment about organized crime and drug trafficking, um, if he were going to get involved in this, he should be checking the work of the people who were doing the work, and there are a whole bunch of department protocols and provisions that were violated throughout this. But Bruce Orr, he ultimately decides to get extra information out of Christopher Steele after Christopher Steele or his employer, Fusion GPS, had been cut off by the FBI. Why did the FBI decide to no
2: longer listen to Christopher Steele? So he was closed in November of 2016 after the FBI learned of his disclosure to Mother Jones magazine that he had been working with the FBI Uh, previously and
3: uh, we know from the evidence that Senator Cruz went through um, there were a whole bunch of sub sources that Christopher Steele was summarizing and the FBI at that point was believing he might be a credible guy uh, and they ultimately realize that this is a bunch of BS and his subsources are saying, I said some of this in jest and some of it's stuff that I overheard in a bar. None of it is information that I had firsthand knowledge of. And so the FBI decides reasonably listen, that listen. Mr. Steele's information isn't credible, right? So they cut him off.
2: Actually, let me just be clear. That isn't what caused them to cut him off. What caused them to cut him off is they learned he had talked to the press in Mother Jones magazine. They actually had that other information and didn't tell anybody about it.
3: Okay, so you're disagreeing with me only to say the problems with Mr. Steele are twice as bad as I summarized.
2: I'm, I'm just saying it's, that isn't why they cut him off. Okay. Right? That's the concern is that so they. So then Bruce Orr,
3: who doesn't have any responsibilities in this area, decides he'll insert himself into the investigation and go get additional information from or about Christopher Steele and the people who are funding
2: Christopher Steele. Can you just remind us who's Bruce Orr married to? Um, Bruce Orr's spouse, Nellie Orr had formerly been, an ind- at the time he started interacting in November 2016 with Steele, had had been a former con- independent contractor for Fusion GPS.
3: So in other words, Bruce Orr decides to insert himself into an investigation after the professional agents involved in this investigation said, Mr. Steele isn't reputable, isn't credible, and has been talking to the media. So we're now not gonna talk to Christopher Steele anymore. Bruce Orr says, actually I should, and he meets with these people who are funding or who are the employers of Christopher Steele or own his dossier, who's also Bruce Orr's wife's source of compensation had been had been
2: as of, I think September, 2016, she had no longer been an independent contractor. Um, And I want to also, I think it's important to be clear because this is relevant again to the significance of some of the uh, inappropriate actions here. The FBI was not a reluctant participant in this relationship that was the conduit from Bruce Orr through Bruce Orr to Steele as we lay out here. So okay. I just want to be clear. They're not <laughs> saying we don't want to deal with him. Yeah. They're saying, oh, yeah, call. essentially, if you have something, we would love to hear from you. I want to just... Is that a problem?
0: Because this is only one of the problems. That's the first one he concentrated on, Ben Sass. Is that a problem? That the That the FBI says no, we can't talk to him, but only because he's talking to the press, not because they know the information he has given them is inaccurate. They know it, and they don't get him rid of, get rid of him for that. They get rid of him because he's talking to the press. Then they say, hey, by the way, and I know we're not supposed to be talking to him, but if you get any information from him, just pass it on through to us. This is the least of the problems. How, how 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 comfortable are you on this? Mike Lee goes into it with us in just a few minutes Stand by next I want you to listen to um, yesterday. this is Ben Sass apologizing to
3: Mike Lee listen. I want to just say that I wish Mike Lee weren't sitting here, two people away from me right now, because as a national security hawk, I have argued with Mike Lee in the four and a half or five years that I've been in the Senate that stuff just like this couldn't possibly happen at the FBI and at the Department of Justice. So as somebody who is embarrassed on behalf of the FBI about your report, because I believe that it is critically important that we have the FISA statute, I think the FISC is an incredibly important court. approval rating of applications that come before the FISC are off the charts. I don't know the current numbers, but a couple of years ago when I saw them, I think it was 97.9%. Is that, is that a fair? I think it was
2: the last number I saw was roughly 98%.
3: Okay, so a 98% approval rating of applications that come before the FISC. Why would it be that high? people would normally say and i'm I'm not asking you to answer that i'm saying that the good answer is in an ex parte i'm not an attorney but an ex parte proceeding before the court when you the american citizen who might be being surveilled or be suspected of something that would open a surveillance uh, warrant against you the assumption would be if you can't be there to defend yourself it's because the department's lawyers are so super scrupulous that if there's any information that might exonerate you or that might Counteract the view that led them to first pursue a theory of the case that had them wanting to surveil you, they would say the bar is so high here, we'll always err on the side of privacy unless we believe there's a good reason to pursue this investigation. And so Mike Lee has warned me for four and a half years, the potential for abuse in this space is terrible, and I constantly defended the integrity and the professionalism of the Bureau and of the department that you couldn't have something like this happen.
0: Let's move on from okay. Bruce Orr. Mike Lee is here. I don't want to talk about the conversation. Conversations that you and Ben Sass had, but uh, I know you're not happy that he had to say that or felt compelled to say, "Crap, I was wrong. Mike was right. This is not good for America, Mike,
4: at all." Uh, that's right. Uh, but you know, yesterday was a big day for the American people—a big win. It was a huge loss for the deep state. You're exactly right. I'm not happy that he had to say that. It was nonetheless uh, better late than never that we have an acknowledgement of the fact that we've got a big, big problem. By the way, Ben Sass offered to buy me a drink in the same context. And he said, if Mike Lee were a drinking man, I- I'd love to take him out and buy him drinks over this. Mike,
0: um, I don't think you're going to need any help with uh, whiskey if things continue to go down <laughs> as fast as they are in Washington. Um, the. The. Uh, uh, the press is making this into no big deal um forget about the impeachment forget about everything else this the 4th amendment is gone and and everyone who said we can't have these secret courts because it they will abuse it that's exactly what they're doing my question to you is why did the uh, inspector general come out and say that these were uh, inaccuracies they weren't they forged documents this is yeah. this is as bad as it can get no,
4: why he, didn't they say it that way it it really is bad and you know uh, wh- what this tells us is something very significant faced with the facts in this report the supporters of the spying that occurred on the Trump campaign must admit first either that these FBI agents purposely used the power of the federal government to wage a political war against a presidential candidate they despised, or that these agents were so incompetent that they somehow allowed a two-bit foreign political operative to weaponize the FISA program into a spying operation on a rival political campaign. Neither conclusion is acceptable. Neither one of these can simply be tolerated by the American people, not for another day. Now, for years, as Ben Sass alluded to, I've raised concerns that this FISA process is ripe for not just abuse like this, but a, a abuse that is this, that's exactly like this, uh, only to be told, just trust us. Don't worry, we've got safeguards in place. Don't worry, we've got really good people and internal procedures. But the finding contained in the IG report really does prove my point, and they can't get around that. So, Mike
0: i personally think the 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 entire FIsa court should be closed until we know what's going on and i know that's dangerous for the country they will say but this is more dangerous if we don't get this right as ben said yesterday in his testimony when this gets sophisticated this was a this was a shoddy attempt um you know russia was was clunky and when it gets sophisticated, we're all in real trouble as American citizens, all of us. If they'll do this to, to a case where they know they're going to be investigated, why don't we shut the FISA court down right now until we get
4: until we know? Well, this is what caused me yesterday at the hearing to raise the question of whether it's time for us to suspend the FISA program altogether or or at least to undertake a major overhaul and perhaps suspend it while we overhaul it. Uh, Look, those who argue the other side of this will always say, well, you've got to balance your privacy against your security and if you give people too much privacy, if you focus too much on things like the Fourth Amendment, you know, that pesky constitutional issue, uh, then, then we will have diminished security. But you know what, Glenn? Our privacy is not at odds with our security. Our privacy is part of our security. We are not truly secure unless the Fourth Amendment is honored. We have sown into the seeds of our law. We've sown seeds into our law that, that will bring about the destruction of the Fourth Amendment, if we allow this to continue. It already has. I mean, this is the
0: destruction of the Fourth Amendment. This case, as you said, is not like what you warned might happen. It's exactly what you warned will happen. And it's
4: it's exactly as everyone outlined. Um uh, and it's he, even worse than that when you consider the fact that this was a presidential campaign. Yes. These guys knew they were up against a formidable foe. They put some of their best people up on it. What about the cases where the president of the United States or the future president of the United States is not on the target list? What about the average American citizen out there who's being surveilled and doesn't know about it and won't ever find out about it. it. That person, too, needs to be stood up for. And that's why this is so much worse even than this appears on its face. And Carter Page, he
0: wrote an, uh, an op-ed yesterday, I think. Um, he, his life has been ruined. His name is ruined. You know, he's, he will ever forever be under suspicion in the minds of a lot of people as working with uh, the Russians. And, and they forged documents to make a FISA court
4: think that he might be. This is what happens when you stand up to the deep state. This is what happens when you've got people inside the government who operate these levers of government control who text things to each other like, we've got to make sure that this guy is an elected president and we've got to have an insurance policy. We can't take the risk that the American people would be so foolish as to elect someone we don't like. This is the sort of thing that happens. We've known that this was inhuman nature. Uh, Federalist 51 tells us that this sort of thing will happen. Madison meant it when he said if men were angels, they wouldn't need a government. If we had angels to run our government, we wouldn't need rules for government. But we're not angels. We don't have access to angels. And so we got to have rules. We have to stick by those rules. We have to enforce them. And our laws can't allow them to be circumvented.
0: So, Mike, um, I heard this morning, and I keep hearing back and forth, I heard this morning that the Senate is now thinking that they're not going to call any witnesses. They're just going to move past and just, prevent, uh, just uh, present documents that uh, will move this impeachment forward. Mike, if we are to save the Republic, All of this must come out full light of day and people must be held accountable for all of it, or we will have no trust in any justice system.
4: Yeah, I think that's a very fair point, and that's probably what's going to end up happening in the Senate trial. A lot of that is going to be left to the discretion of the president's very capable legal team headed by White House counsel Pat Cipollone, in whom I have a lot of confidence. He's prepared to go to trial, if necessary, tomorrow, if the impeachment Uh, articles were to come over to us tomorrow he'd be ready to go
0: i hear uh, i hear both sides i hear that uh, sometimes uh yesterday i think it was the trump uh, legal team wanted a full open trial with lots of witnesses then the day before i heard that it was uh mcconnell that wanted that and trump didn't what's the truth what what do people what which way are we headed A full open trial that will really expose this?
4: Um, You know, I I want to be very careful that I I not speak for anyone other than myself. I'll I'll tell you from my vantage point, I can see some advantage in doing a full trial because they haven't had an opportunity to call the witnesses they'd like to call, to cross-examine the witnesses they'd like to cross-examine in the House of Representatives. And that could be helpful to inform the public and bring the public along. The White House uh, counsel's office and the president's defense team will have to make a judgment call uh, as we're going through the process uh, about what to do. And we get to a situation where if they believe they've got 51 votes to end the proceedings, uh, whether they pull that lever. Uh, I'm here to support them regardless of what they do. But there's a part of me that would very much like to see a full trial for the very reasons you're describing.
0: Why? Why? Explain to me a legal reason why you would just want this just quickly brushed under the rug and not expose all that has happened
4: uh, it's a, a very simple legal calculation, and again I, I I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, but if one were to reach that conclusion, if one were making that argument, what one might say was at any moment, if you believe you've got the case won, if you believe you've got fifty one votes to end the proceedings it might be tempting to pull that lever, even though there are additional gains that can be achieved by having a full trial. My late father was a lawyer. He died about 24 years ago, but he used to tell me when you've won your case in court, you sit down and you don't say another word. Uh, lest you upturn the victory you've just achieved. And so that would be the strategy there. But again, there are other considerations here, including the fact that the American people need to hear the whole story. That's why I'm very sympathetic to the view that maybe we ought to just have a full-blown trial. You know, and
0: Mike, I have to tell you, um, uh, you know, there's a way of talking to Donald Trump that he relates to and understands. And uh, only he uh, could take this on, make sure American eyeballs are watching it, uh, and he is in the unique position of truly draining the swamp. He becomes one of the greatest presidents in history just based on this one thing. If he exposes the media in this trial, if he exposes the deep state in this trial, if he exposes the DOJ... And the way they have used FISA courts, only Donald Trump has been given this opportunity to turn this dirty system inside out. And quite honestly, I don't believe the Democrats survive a a five or 10 year period after he does that. I think they go the way of the Whigs after he exposes what they have done.
4: Yeah, that is uh, an outstanding argument and one that I need to communicate to the president next time I talk to him. I, I, I know he's being very well advised on this. Uh, I talk to him on a regular basis. His, uh, his attorney uh, talks to him um, many times a day, and I know he's being briefed on those very arguments. But you raise a very good point for the simple reason that I, I think we are well past the point where we can be quite assured they don't have a good case against him we're going to win this. Yes. He's not going to be removed. So as no. long as that's the case, let's turn it into an educational tool. And let okay, and let, let him drain the swamp. Do that.
0: Let him be the guy who will forever be remembered as setting this corruption Uh, In its in its place and and shutting this corruption down at the highest levels, exposing it. This is what people everybody I talked to that voted for him. They all said, I just you know, the system is so far broken. He'll just go in and burn the whole thing down. I thought that was a bad idea at the time, but I see what they're talking about. And that's what his voters want right now. They want him to burn the infection out, and this is the vehicle to do it.
4: Yeah, the American people are starting to see what he saw from the beginning yes. and what, they, what the people intuitively know, which is that there American is- voters for too long have been asked to put too much faith an almost religious amount of faith in government. Yes. That's not how it's supposed to work. We put too much faith and therefore too much discretion. It's been weaponized against us. We've got to expose it for what it is.
0: Mike, we're praying for a Christmas miracle. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. God bless. Uh, Senator Mike Lee. You know, there are people that want us to remain in teams, and it is the most dangerous thing we can do. That's uh, because we play teams now. The press is not covering what the IG actually reported, and it's dangerous to all of us, including members of the press. In fact, maybe more so, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and, and they know it. Nadler wants us to stay in a team. Because
1: this, listen to what he said right before Clinton's impeachment. Uh, there must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment substantially supported by one of our major political parties and largely opposed by the other. Such an impeachment would lack the legitimacy and produce divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come. That's and Jerry it, Nadler, 1998.
0: And it did. And this one is going to do it as well. Now, here's Jerry Nadler saying we must impeach, and it's going to be straight party lines, Mm -hmm. straight party lines. What's that going to do to us?
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.